once heard that people with emotional problems are 144% more likely to have auto accidents than those who don't have them. The same study evidently found that one out of five victims of fatal accidents have been in a quarrel with another person in six hours preceding the accident. It's important for everybody to manage emotions. Nobody likes to spend time around an emotional time bomb who may go off at any moment, but especially critical for leaders to control their emotions because whatever they do affects many other people. Good leaders know when to display emotion and when to delay them. Sometimes they may show them so that their people can feel what they're feeling. It stirs them up. Is that manipulative? I don't think so. As long as the leaders are doing it for the good of the team and not for their own gain. Because leaders see more than others ahead of the others. They often experience the emotion first by letting the team know what they're feeling. They're helping them to see what they're seeing. Other times, leaders have to fold their feelings and keep them in check. When I say that leaders should delay their emotions, I'm not suggesting that they deny them or bury them. The bottom line in managing your emotions is that you should put others, not yourself, first in how you handle and process them. Whether you delay them or display your emotions should not be for your own gratification. All right. So, welcome back to Money Bliss TV Podcast. Today is June 21st, 2018. And that was the reading from the Maxwell Daily Reader. It was called Manage Your Emotions. I'm learning to do this because I'm a Pisces. And we're very emotional. And, you know... I remember my dad always saying, Pierre, you're too sensitive. You know, that's why I believe he always wanted to toughen me up. (laughs) So he put me in sports. And, you know, I I remember, you know, my dad's crazy, just so y'all know. I remember uh, when I ended up leaving, you know, this other predominantly white middle school and went to a predominantly black middle school over there in Fifth Ward, my dad, you know, he was a school teacher, a bus driver, um, a coach, you know, and what happened was I had to learn to definitely manage my emotions at, at, at a very young age because this was around seventh grade. My dad ended up having about five guys uh, jump me. That's right. My dad had five guys jump me while he watched from the bus to see if I could really fight. I thought I was I was I was upset, but I handled mine. You know what I'm saying? Until you know it got to the point where my dad was like, "Hey, hey, get up, get off my son. That that's enough. Y'all y'all roughed him up enough." Now you don't know how I had some mixed feelings about what just happened, but I knew. That from that point on, I could not be emotional definitely around my pops. 
You know, and that made me tougher than nails. And now I fight every day, whether it's fighting society, whether it's fighting other people mentally. Now, physically, you know, the purpose was my dad had me in like some karate classes and he wanted to see if his if he was getting his money worth and see if I was learning anything. So that was his way of testing to see, OK, let me see what my my son's learning in this karate class, you know, and eventually I got into boxing. So, you know, being able to fight and being able to manage your emotions, they really go hand in hand. See, when you do become lethal with those hands and you're able to throw them hands on people, you have to be able to manage your emotions not to get physical because not every emotion that you display is going to involve you getting into an altercation. See, this is also why you have to take yoga. This is also why you have to meditate. See, it's a full circle that's going to balance your life out. Needless to say, I'm a work in progress and a work in process. <laughs> like everybody else, a work in progress as I continue the process <laughs> to manage each emotion because there's times that I get very, very excited and sometimes I go overboard and there's other times that I have to hold back and be very cool and calm and by the time I got to college all, almost 90% of my professors there at Morehouse was calling me Mr. Cool they was like Mr. Cool Mr. Cool, why you're so cool? Every time you come in, you're just so cool. Like, nothing rattles you. Nothing gets you upset. Because by that time, I could master my emotions. So I am able to walk into any room and deal with anyone. Anything can be thrown at me. And this all started when I used to play tennis. I started playing tennis at like five, six years old. And my dad, he got a college scholarship, you know, behind tennis and basketball. So, obviously, he had myself since I'm the firstborn. He had me in every sport you can think of. Football, tennis, track, cross country, whatever, gymnastics, whatever, you know, weight training, whatever it was. That was that discipline. But I would never forget, there was a tennis coach. I won't say his name, but he was a Hispanic. He was a Hispanic tennis coach, and I, you know, when you're young, you travel on a little tennis team. And I was in this all predominantly white neighborhood or community playing tennis, and this coach, you know, I'm losing. By the way, you know, I lost, and you know, I end up moving to like you know six or seven seed I, I didn't qualify so on and so forth and you know I'm in the constellation round and I'm losing but I'm still I'm still playing and out of nowhere 
This coach says to me, Pierre, stop playing like a nigger. You should have saw how everybody got quiet. You know, and at this time, I'm young and I'm not paying attention. I'm still playing and everybody's feeling sorry for me. And at that point, I still was kind of like, what? I mean, because I, you know, I grew up in a middle class. You know, we may have started off poor, but we didn't we didn't end up poor. You know what I'm saying? And about time I got back home, you know, I wasn't crying or anything. But I told my mom and my dad what happened. My dad couldn't believe it. My mom was just, you know, in shock. But they sat me down and they explained to me exactly what he said and why he said it. And I told him how everybody was looking at me, so on and so forth. At that very moment, needless to say, uh, that changed my life and the way I managed my emotions when people use that word, you know. I know people say, hey, it's endearing, so on and so forth. I get it, you know. But I made sure that I always steered away from that. At least I tried to. You know, I may have used it once or twice, uh, maybe once on this podcast. You know, that's when I was going through my little rant and getting all excited. But I try my best to remove that word from my category. And that's part of me managing my emotion because the word gets me so upset. And even at the time when I didn't get upset because I had to keep my composure, I was upset because I knew that it was a derogatory term that was used to look at people of color, especially black people. So, you know, um, I got into poetry. I got into writing rhymes, raps, and I tried my best to stay away from that word, you know, and that's part of managing your emotions because it got me so... um, frustrated every time I heard the word, every time, you know, now that I knew the meaning behind it, now that, you know, I didn't like what was stated, I didn't like the way, you know, these people were feeling sorry for me, you know, where they felt like they were having empathy and sympathy, and all I felt was like, what's wrong? Like, I did somebody die? Like, why are these people acting like this? You know, and Um, Needless to say that, you know, it was a a time that I was figuring a lot of things out pertaining to what direction I wanted to go when it pertained to the way I saw the world. That happened was because, hold up, hold on, let me charge this real quick before it goes out, and I'm going to get back to the story.
right, so that's charging. I'm back. So, part two. <laughs> so, what I was going to say with managing your emotions, at a very young age, I feel that people of color always have to manage their emotions different than people that are pretty much white. You know, I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to say Caucasian. I don't want to say, you know, um, what, call it like it is. You know what I'm saying? Call a spade a spade. So, this always happens to affect anyone. You know, John C. Maxwell talks about managing emotions because... He's stating it from a business side, a leader side. But when you're a person of color, you got to bring it and speak from it from your side. Now, he's a 70 some year old white man, um, Mel. So the way he looks at the world is totally different the way I look at the world. And the way I have to manage my emotions out in public is different than the way someone else does. Now, the younger generation is a little different. They, you know, feel maybe a little more privileged. I don't feel that way because the way I grew up, you know, I had grandmothers who reminded me that, hey, you have ancestors that used to pick cotton. You need to understand that you 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 come from a line of people who've went through slavery so I know this is supposed to be about business and managing your emotions that way, but I'm going to speak from a, 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 a black man's perspective of managing his emotions in white America and how even in business, this affects everything I do, whether it's me getting a venture capitalist um, to invest in Money Blitz, my startup, or whether it's me going to a bank you know and i usually go to credit unions now i don't even deal with banks anymore i had to wise up but all this is managing my emotions and every day i'm dealing with managing my emotions so i know every day you're dealing with managing your emotions and if you're a person of color who have their own startup, who run their own business, who also runs a family business, then you know that every room that you do walk in, you must be able to manage your emotions in a professional manner, especially in a professional setting, even when people are not being professional. You know? And I learned a lot from that day when my dad had those guys jump me. I learned that I could fight, number one. And if I needed to, which I know now, every day, I'm still going to fight. But it's going to be mentally I'm fighting. Not with the world. Not with myself. But in general, for everything that I love, I'm going to be fighting for what I'm passionate about. But I'm going to have to control that fight. Same thing when it comes to when I do get a family. I'm going to be fighting for that, but I have to control 
when I see something happens to my unborn seed that I might not agree with. So you all need to understand when you're managing emotions, it's mental, not just physical. And you cannot allow yourself to get caught up in what's going on with the world. Don't wear your feelings on your sleeves. And when you're getting to that point where you're really upset about something, and this is where the mental cleanse, and y'all know I did a mental cleanse. Every year I do a mental cleanse. And I'll do a physical cleanse also. I get rid of all the bad toxin in my mind and my body. And I lean out. I stay sharp. Iron sharpens iron. So I'm going to sharpen you all. Y'all sharpen me. And we're going to manage our emotions together. On the Money Blitz TV podcast. As usual. Have a great day. And God bless.